Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, 
is the first Friday night of our bracket challenge. <laughs> if you have followed us uh, on Twitter, uh, this is the start of March, and everyone knows that March is well known for brackets for college basketball. But since we're not going to do that, uh, the idea was let's come up with a bracket with something. And from that was born the Tournament of Pain. I don't have, like, any, like, fancy, like, uh, uh, intro music like one network would have for its college basketball coverage. <laughs> um I'm not even going to play a snippet of it because probably they'll come after me and knock on my door and um, they will probably take over our programming next week. But uh, we don't have any music for it, but the Tournament of Pain is now here. And we will go through the entire first round of games tonight. I've had a tough time this week coming up with rules for this. I would hope that Mary and I are on the same page <laughs> in regards to the first round games. I know it's not going to be that way probably for the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. You can follow along with us. The link is on my Twitter page at NewsComicBTR. But uh, pretty much it's just your normal everyday household pains. <laughs> What's the biggest pain of all uh, so we'll have that tonight and if we have a little bit of time left uh, this Sunday Grammy Awards we'll take a look back at Grammy's past uh, some interesting notes to that uh, but yeah I don't uh, know um, some things that you may not have known some things that you may have known but uh, Grammy, do you watch the Grammy Awards, or when's the last time you ever watched the Grammy Awards? Oh God, it's been years. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know that I've watched any like actual award show. Um, do they still do the MTV Music Awards? <laughs> they do. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it's been. Yeah, it's been at least. I'd say five years, five years, six years in that time frame since I've seen Grammys, Tonys, uh, even the, like, just even little things like like the MTV Music Awards or, like, the VMAs, or VMAs, the CMAs. Um, I have, it's been a long time since I've watched any award show. What's the daytime one, the Golden Globes? I haven't seen those in a while either. Well, I mean, of course, the major ones throughout the year, uh, it's always uh, Golden Globes, uh, the Academy Awards. Uh, over the summer, of course, you have the MTV Mu- Movie and Music Awards, um, Grammys, American Music Awards, Emmy Awards, um, mm-hmm. daytime and primetime, and... All the other awards pretty much come in between that. I would say the big mountain or the big three or the big four is, of course, the Emmys, Oscars, uh, and the uh, the Emmys, Oscars, and 
pretty much uh, after that, Grammys. So, I mean, I think those are the big three, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Is there any reason why that you don't watch? I know there's a lot of other people that don't watch particular things because they don't want to hear the speeches get too political. There are people who just don't know the new acts. There are people who uh, are fans of one genre and think that their genre doesn't get enough airplay or love from, especially from a music standpoint, that it doesn't get enough love from music to really warrant them watching it or they'll watch the specialized. Like a lot of country artists, or I know a lot of country music fans, don't really like watching all of the Grammy Awards because they feel that it focuses too much pop, uh, rap, and other genres. doesn't really focus on country much. And they say, hey, I can watch the, uh, you know. The CMAs, yeah. The CMAs or the ACM Awards, and uh, I'll get all of that from there. Um, You know, a lot of folks, I think, years ago, were angry and upset because they felt that Latin music didn't get enough love. And so now there is the Latin Grammys in which a lot of people will watch and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I tell people every year, if you've come to watch one particular thing, <laughs> you're going to be sorely disappointed because it's going to span the gamut. Uh, but it's pretty much the most popular things out right now and that get a lot of airplay i mean if you think about it in a major city unless you are in nashville um especially when it comes to country music in a major city such as chicago probably a small percentage of your stations are going to be country it's not all country um a large bulk of it is going to be split between pop r&b and the rest of it makes up whatever it's going to be. But depends on where you're at. You know, mm-hmm. what's right here is going to be different in Texas. You may have more country stations in Texas than you probably mm-hmm. would in Chicago. New York may have a lot more oldies or a lot more uh, uh, pop than rap. You know, California, eh, who knows? <laughs> in Seattle, you're probably going to get a lot more grunge and, you know, other types of stations up there. So, who knows? It's but called yeah. Indie now. Is it Indie now? <laughs> Coffee House? Is that what they call it? Because it's independent. Is there independent? Um, uh, the reason, to answer your question that kind of we derailed, the reason I stopped watching a lot of those shows was because I forgot. <laughs> it's very innocent it's, I forgot when they came on and by the time I remembered oh yeah that's right the Oscars are on it oh that's right the Grammys are on it usually the day after so it's like yeah whatever I'll get the highlights when I get to work or well, I'll you go on to Twitter or I'll get on to you know, YouTube or whatever I'll just go on to whatever it is whatever social media outlet there is and people are talking about it. So I don't even have to watch it. And I could skip all of it. There's a lot of it I could skip just by going to Twitter and be like, winners, list. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, that one's highlighted. That's cool. That's cool. Did you see so-and-so's speech? No, give me a second. YouTube, there's your speech. 
Oh, now I have. It's Do you think so that's ruined a lot of these so award shows now? Because it used to be a time, like, you tuned into that stuff. And, like, the MTV Music yeah. Awards, that was, like, appointment television. You knew when it was coming on. You went to go watch it yes. because you wanted to see yes. what got song of the year. But now in this age of everybody immediately posting things to social media, it's almost like you would think that social media has ruined a lot of stuff. I think we talked about yeah. it the other night where we were talking about, or and I know I was talking about it with other people this week too, about movies. Coming to America came out last Friday. And someone had specifically put on their Facebook page, like in the first few minutes, that they did not, it's like, I don't want to hear anything about new movie. Don't post anything, you know, I don't want to like really hear about it. But I'm like, that's kind of rude of them to ask that, because here's the thing. Who are you to now censor me because it took you maybe an extra day or two to, you know, watch the movie? Is it rude to pretty much post spoilers? Yeah, it is, but that's that person's right. If they want to be that person, they're going to be that person or talk about it. But the thing is that if there's a really good movie that you want to see, the thing is is that stay off of social media. Stay away from it or avert your eyes. As soon as you see somebody say, hey, about that, keep rolling. Just keep scrolling. I don't understand why it's a big deal, but it seems social media has kind of ruined, uh, ruined a lot of uh, <laughs> these uh award shows now because people just go ahead and they have conver- live conversations as it's happening on social media or they'll post the clip yes. right after. Yes. Same thing. Like I know I used to, I used to watch the VMAs all the time. That was like the big thing. And like back when you would record it with mm-hmm. your VCR, I know that's going way back. Right. But you would go back so that you could watch certain acts and they would come out and they'd sing and it would be different because they'd be either matching up a bunch of their songs or they'd have a new dance routine or they changed up their song somehow instead of being like slow song and then it's fast or if it was fast song, they made it into a ballad. It was really cool. Right. Used to Mm -hmm. do that. Now I just wait till the next day because I can go and do a search on YouTube and it'll be posted by them on their whatever music page they have. So, yes, to answer your question, yes, social media has ruined it just a little bit. Hmm. I will say, though, I do still, um, the um, Academy Awards, I do watch, but mostly just to see what people wear. And so it's like the red carpet, and then I stop watching because at that point it's like, whatever, I can get the rest of it later. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the office will be a little bit later this, well, uh, it'll be later than it normally is um, this year because of everything that's been going on. I'm going to be interested. I think Oscar nominations, I do believe, come out on Monday, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, going to be interested to see who gets snubbed, who gets Oscar nom. Um, I don't know. I think this is kind of almost one of those open years. It's so many uh, potential movies, and nothing is really a runaway favorite. So I think we should probably do our annual uh, – it'll be even more fun because um, you probably have not seen a lot of the Oscar-dominated movies, but we'll probably do our own Oscar little contest or something like that. We'll see about it, uh, especially after the nominations come out. But um, And then we may have a little contest between me and you and see who will win what, but if we pick the winners. 
So uh, really quick on the Almanac, though. Of course, today is March 12th. Um, today is National Baked Scallops Day. It is also Girl Scout okay. Day. And Yay, it is Plant Flower Day. Uh, tomorrow is Good Samaritan Day, National Coconut Tart Day, Earmuff Day, Jewel Day, Umbrella Indoors Day, <laughs> and it is Canine Veterans Day, which is tomorrow. And then on Sunday, uh, National Children's Craft Day, uh, National Learn About Butterflies Day, uh, National Potato Chip Day, National Write Down Your Story Day, Daylight Saving Time, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes, and do you know what Sunday also uh, will mark? No. Am I bad? Uh, you pick yourself. I know what the 16th, I know what the 16th marks for me. But that's huh? our end of the 15th, actually. The 15th, the 16th, and the 17th mark for me, but I don't know what Sunday marks. Uh, Sunday marks Pi Day. Oh, duh. God, I'm stupid. <laughs> I usually celebrate Pi Day as well. I'm dumb. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I was like, I know what the 15th is. I didn't think about the 14th. Uh, and I missed Mar- I almost missed Mario Day. I'm pretty bad about that, too. And I celebrate every year. What the heck? <laughs> I am done. I am taking Sunday myself. is Pi Day. So this is where I miss Baker. I am taking myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite pie, by the way? Um, I am a big fan. Of, I know that people are. I like apple pie. I really like apple pie. Dutch apple pie, though, um, because yeah. it's less sweet. Um, I do enjoy a good cherry pie. But I haven't had a good cherry pie in a while, and don't start singing the one song. Um, but there's not a lot of a. Do you say pecan or pecan for a pie? Okay, so um, I know there are people probably in the South listening, but uh, as a city slicker here, I say pecan. Uh, if you had asked my grandmother years ago, she probably would have said pecan, uh, <laughs> but I say pecan. Uh, that's what I say. Okay, no, I'm I not really pecan. a fan of those. It's too sweet to me. But I'm like, I'm you. I like apple pie. Never had cherry pie. Uh, I, I think it's the whole thing of eating all those cherries that just didn't like interest me. Um, uh huh. But I will usually take my apple pie either in the form of a hostess apple pie. Used to love the McDonald's apple pie before they changed it, <laughs> but. <laughs> Every once in a while, you can find a good apple it. pie. I, I, I'm I, I'm really like it's weird when it comes to apple pies because I know that there's particular ways that it gets fixed, and some have was it what do they call it the the lattice or you know the, the way that it's fixed with the strips of dough on top, and then sometimes it just has like a whole complete like doughy type top with just a hole in the middle. But I, I don't know. I I've yet to. Here's the weird thing. At Walmart, I found one that was like a caramel, which was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really picky on that. But, yeah, apple pie is my favorite. So, yeah, pie day. I um, am a fan of a good pumpkin pie as well. 
but I have to be in the mood for a pumpkin pie. And now, I, I think we had this conversation also. You like to put uh, Cool Whip, or was it uh, uh, the uh, No, I cream. do the whipped topping when I do the whipped <laughs> topping when everybody says they're supposed to do the Cool Whip. I think that's how that went. Yeah. Because I do the <laughs> one. <laughs> And I know somebody else that makes that exactly noise when they talk about whipped cream. Why is that? Because it's a noise it makes. Get a can, push on the little white caddy, and it makes that noise. I know, but why, people when people know like, make, they make the noise. Like, I know a person uh, who will go to Starbucks, and when they order their drink, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll take this and also take – and I'm like, Really? I was like, you just can't say whipped cream. You gotta make the noise. The sound effect. Oh no, I say whipped cream. No, the only time no, I do that noise is when I'm talking between people that I know that I need to be like. There's a difference between whoop cream and whoop cream. <laughs> cool whip. Cool whip. Whipped cream. Cool whip. Everybody loves cool whip. <laughs> Uh, 
goal is to have as many options as possible for reproduction. The occasional Instagram like and want to get coffee text is easy enough to maintain. At the same time, you ensure your future offspring will have someone to care for them by staying with your partner. But cushioning typically indicates an inability to exist without a relationship, she said. And more often than that, our back burner fulfills or seems to fulfill something that's missing in our primary relationship. And she said, with cushioning, you're usually cultivating a secret flirtation with someone who represents an exaggerated rebellion against challenges in one's current relationship. But there's... I guess I will ask this. Is this an article that's pretty much just like a one-off, or is this actually something that everyone has in the back of their mind when they're in a committed relationship? I don't know about everyone. Um, I don't tend to operate that way. However, um, I do participate in what we lovingly call over here sports flirting. And it's, hey, I'm in a committed relationship. I am not about to ruin that relationship, but by God, I'm going to flirt with you because I think you're cute and you deserve the ego boost. And if you flirt back, it's going to give me an ego boost. And then, hey, end of the day, going home to my hubby, um, which I don't have right now, so I don't have to go home to my hubby. But, um, yeah, committed relationships, no. I, I, if you're in a committed relationship, you shouldn't have somebody on the back burner. Otherwise, you're not committed to the relationship. I, I think it's kind of in the definition of the what you're calling it honestly if you're calling it committed then you should be committed um i'm a very i'm a very flirtatious person but i flirt with everybody like man woman child i know that's kind of gross um but no i there's a there's a level of hey you know you look good today like you need to know that somebody does find you sexy that doesn't mean that i'm going to go home and think about you especially if I'm with somebody, but that's me, and I know where to draw that line. I don't know why you would want to have, like, plan B, like, hey, I'm going to keep this guy stringing, stringing this guy along just in case plan A doesn't work out, because then neither one of them are going to work out, because either plan right. B is going to get tired of waiting, or plan A is going to figure out what you're, like, you're not completely committed to plan A, so you're not, like, wholeheartedly in there. You're not giving 100%. And in relationships, it's not 50-50. It's 100-100. You know, if you're not all in, then you're not there. You're, you have to be all in. There's no halfway in. You can't test the water and then come back out. That's dating. Not commit, that's not commitment. So call a spade a spade. I'm so much about just own it. That's what you're doing. I'm not ready to commit to one person, but I don't want to be alone. Think so. There's nothing wrong with saying it. Now, you may not get the response you want from the person you want to get it from, but that's part of life. That's part of adulting, I think. And I think people are too scared to. And, and, and I don't know. I, I think we coddle too much to fear at this point. But yeah. that's just me. There was actually a good quote in here about cushioning from a dating coach, uh, Samantha Burns. And she said that cushioning stems from a place of insecurity or underlying feelings of dissatisfaction in your current relationship. 
If you're cushioning, ask yourself why you need the outside attention and validation. Is it making up for some needs that are not being met in your relationship? Is it distracting you from acknowledging that you're unhappy or disconnected with your partner? And she says, take your time if you need it, but if you realize you want to refocus on your primary relationship, do so with intentionality. And I I think it's, it's scary if someone already is, quote, holding on to a plan B if they're already in plan A, especially if you're married um, or long-term dating. I could understand if it was like you were out in the dating pool and you had just started really seeing somebody. Mm-hmm. You have a plan mm-hmm. A and a plan mm-hmm. B. That's the only time that you probably mm-hmm. will have that. But if you're in a long-term relationship with somebody or you're married and you have a family, to do those things mean that you don't need to be, you don't even have a sense of, uh, what's the word I'm going to look for here, of loyalty uh, to your plan A. And as a plan B, even if you are aware or you're not aware of anything, wouldn't you always kind of be worried that once you are, quote, plan A, that now they're going to move on to another plan B if they're not happy with you? I mean, yes. Right. A hundred percent. No. Like, okay. If I figured out that I was somebody's plan B, I would not be sticking around. Right. Because if I'm not good enough to be your plan A and only your plan A, or even better than that, if I did become good enough to be your plan A, I was your plan B at one point in time. Who's to say you're not going to have a plan B behind me? I don't want to be worried about that. Mm Mm-hmm. So as a plan B person, figuring that out, ugh, no thank you. No, right. I don't want to be anybody's plan B. I don't want to be anybody's plan. If, that, if that's what it's coming down to, no thanks. No, I'm good. Thank you. Um, and I don't know that I could treat anybody like a plan B, you know? Right. But you're right. Like in the beginning stages of dating, you shouldn't assume until you become and sit down and like, I want this to be just us. I want it to be you and me and make a go of it. When you've had that conversation and you both are on that page, every other plan B you had at that point during the dating pool should go away. Exactly. I agree. Uh, we're already at the halfway mark of this show. So want to yeah, yeah. give you a uh, quick little preview of what's ahead here. After tonight's retro moments, uh, we will go right into our bracket challenge. And if we have a little time left, mm-hmm. we'll go into some pretty cool Grammy things that you may not have known. That's all ahead, along with a live look at what's trending. Um, before I do that, no commentary tonight. But what I did want to say is more of a PSA. And that is the fact that this weekend, as we kind of mentioned, uh, is daylight saving time, not savings. <laughs> and just a reminder that at 2 a.m. Sunday morning, we move our clocks one hour forward to 3 a.m. Uh, to observe daylight saving time. Uh, it also is pretty much at this point a great time to uh, test your smoke alarms. 
Working smoke alarms can cut the risk of dying in a home fire by half. And the best things that you could do, especially this weekend, is to turn and test your smoke alarms. And if you don't have any, definitely get some, please. Uh, Some other things that you could do or some steps that you could take is to install smoke alarms on every level of your home, including inside and outside bedrooms and sleeping areas. You can test those alarms monthly and replace the batteries at least once a year if your model requires it. You can replace smoke alarms that are 10 years or older. That's because the sensor becomes less sensitive over time. Check the date of your smoke alarms and follow the instructions. Also, practice your two-minute escape plan. Make sure that everyone in your household can get out in less than two minutes. The amount of time you may have to escape a burning home before it's too late. Include at least two ways to get out of every room and select a meeting spot at a safe distance away from your home, such as your neighbor's home or a landmark like a specific tree in your front yard where everyone can meet. You can always visit redcross.org forward slash fire for more information, including an escape plan to practice with your family. And I would urge each of you to do that because every year the story always turns out to be the same, unfortunately, especially during the winter months of tragedies that occur with fires and the fact that, you know, at the end, if there were fatalities, they're usually all found together and they had no way out. So please, uh, and even if you can't afford one, sometimes your local fire department may have some or access to some. So, and sometimes too. They're also a great gift. I know it sounds kind of uh, foolish, but sometimes the great gifts are the more practical gifts. So, oh, they're a wonderful housewarming gift. Yeah, you know, I, and also too, I would say not only just the smoke alarm, uh, smoke detectors, but some too with the uh, uh, carbon monoxide test on it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to be doing, and, and to throw this in, I, I'm a big safety person um, when it comes down to it, and, and some people kind of make fun of me for it, but I'm also the one person that doesn't freak out when somebody gets accidentally stabbed on Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> long story. Uh, but if you're going to be checking your smoke alarms, a good thing to check also is your first aid kits. A lot of people end up with a first aid kit, even a simple one. Um, as a gift, or they buy it when they're, you know, what, what for whatever reason, they end up with a first aid kit. Um, but there are things in your first aid kit that do expire. Um, antibiotic ointments, uh, antiseptic ointments, burn creams, um, even some of your, like, your washes. Um, and depending on where you stored your first aid kit, your Band-Aids may be uh, pretty bad shape too because the yeses have only last for so long if they're stored improperly. So it's a good time to just check that. If you have any kind of little packets of medicine, those may be expired as well. Get rid of that stuff. It's not going to help you to have it if you need it. So just check that. If you're already checking your smoke alarms, just do a good, quick house safety check. It's, it doesn't take very long. Great words. Thanks for adding that one. Uh, retro moments tonight. One, well-known. The other one was actually a favorite vignette that used to appear on TV in the 80s. And I will put this out there now. We do not own the rights to the music that's used in the vignette. (laughs) But it is just for a teaching purpose because it was a great vignette when they used to play these. Uh, I'll kind of explain it more on the other side of the break. But 
uh, well-known commercial, well-known spot. And once we have those, we'll return on the other side. But first, you're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. What's this stuff? Some cereal. It's supposed to be good for you. Did you try it? I'm not going to try it. You try it. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. When you bring life home, don't tell the kids it's one of those nutritional cereals you've been trying to get them to eat. You're the only one who has to know. Today in Music History, brought to you by Sinutab. When sinus pressure and headache really hurt, Sinutab stops the pain. Considered the greatest white blues singer of the 60s, Janis Joplin's best-known recording, Me and Bobby McGee, was released after her death. Ironically, it gave the song's writer, Chris Christopherson, his big break. Janis Joplin's Me and Bobby McGee hit number one today, March 20th, 1971. You're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Trending because I go to it at the same time that um, 
because it's usually the same things or some other things that are self-explanatory. But when I got to it, uh, the one thing that I saw was (laughs) – I don't even know why this is trending. I don't even know if I really want to start talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now I need to get on Twitter. Where's my Twitter? Uh, (laughs) I I mean, I'm I'm just going to say, Mommy Milky is trending. I don't know why it's trending. I don't even know what it's about. Um, Somebody said, there's a stupid Twitter twin going around. I looked at the why. I decided the best response would be to stick it into all the death generators until I found one that was funny. So, yeah, Mommy Milky is trending. And I... I, uh, Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> That's why I pretty much stopped dead in my tracks there because I did not know. Uh, and then uh, direct deposit is uh, trending because some Americans say that they have received their stimulus checks of up to $1,400 their bank accounts after President Biden signed the $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill on Thursday, which is pretty soon. Uh, and also, uh, HomePod is trending as Apple discontinues the original HomePod. Um, also trending tonight, uh, if you want to know, Mary Mary is trending. Unfortunately, it's not. For you. Not me. No, unfortunately. Uh, the bottom two contestants on this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race face off in a lip sync to Mary Mary's Shackles. Praise you. Uh, that's why Mary Mary is trending. Uh, the one thing that has been trending throughout the day is a gentleman by the name of uh, – I'm going to take the high road on this one. And, and, I, and it <sighs> – it seems every week we always have to come on and we have to talk about something that someone did that was just so bad and so wrong. And while tonight that was not the original um, place to even mention it because I, I've struggled with it all day, uh, Matt Rowan, and I'm actually going to say the name, it is trending, and also diabetes is trending. The reason why is an ugly reason. And I would be remiss if I did not say anything tonight about that. But if for those of you who had not heard uh, about this story, which is trending, um, so this prep sports announcer in Oklahoma, um, what he did, and for those of you who uh, have been following the story here over the last 24 hours since it broke. Uh, he's the announcer for a live stream of an Oklahoma girls' high school basketball game. And he cursed, and he called one team by a racial epithet uh, as the players kneeled during the national anthem. And the incident occurred on Thursday before the Norman High School Midwest City quarterfinal game uh, as the Star Spangled Banner began to play. Broadcasters told listeners on the NFHS network stream that they would return after a break, and then one, apparently not realizing the audio was live, used an expletive and a racial epithet uh, as the Norman players kneeled. And he said, in quote, they're kneeling, 
blank them. Uh, video of which later went viral. And he says, I hope Norman gets their ass kicked, blank, and then enter the epithet. Uh, and the broadcaster who made the remarks later identified himself as Mark Rowan, and in a statement in which he apologized, uh, Rowan, who owns and operates the streaming service OSPN, blamed it, his use of the word, on the fact that he is a diabetic and that his blood sugar levels caused him to make oh, the remarks. Repeat that in case you did not hear that. He said that he made that comment due to the fact that he's a diabetic and his blood sugar levels caused him to make the remarks. And he said, I will state that I suffer type 1 diabetes and during the game my sugar was spiking. While not exercising, uh, while not excusing my remarks, is, is, it is not unusual. When my sugar spikes, that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements absent my sugar spiking. Right now, that crew will not be doing any more games for the remainder of the championship. As um, the OSSAA director said that this kind of behavior not be tolerated by anyone representing the NFHS or OSSAA. I'm not a medical expert. I... I'm not a medical expert, but I've known people who are diabetic and amazingly never heard of anyone with diabetes using that word. That's just me. Never heard of it. But I I I I I'm angry. Um. <laughs> You know what makes me even more angry on this story is that he didn't own up to it. He pretty much blamed it on a medical condition, a weak-ass excuse, if you will excuse my language, and blamed it on that and then just let it go like we're supposed to forgive him. Sometimes I'm sorry. You know, you can turn the other cheek on a lot of things. But I can't on that one. Not when you have, when you take us for idiots that when your blood pressure spiked, that it can cause you to use the word that you used. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, you know what, you know, we should learn to live and, you know, forget. Sorry, can't. You know, it's gotten to a point at this time where people say things and then they try to walk it back and then put the blame on something else. I would have even bought it if you had, like I said, just even Tom Brenneman, who, uh, Tom Brenneman, I want to say, uh, one of the sports announcers this past year who made a remark, immediately went back on the air and said, hey, I got caught on a hot mic. I said something that I should not have said. And he even kind of pulled himself from everything, and he eventually got fired. But mm-hmm. own up to what you said, man. You make mm-hmm. it even worse by just coming on here and taking us for a bunch of idiots and then blaming it on uh, a medical condition. No one. Uh, well, okay, here's the thing. 
if he had a medical condition that made him say things that he didn't mean to say, then he was quoting the wrong medical condition. There is a medical condition that does do that. You are not using the right one. Um, You are um, verbal vomit is what that was. You were allowing your true colors to show. And by saying that you're diabetic, that your sugar high caused you to do that. I'm diabetic. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just start with that. I'm not a medical expert. You're absolutely correct. I'm not a medical expert. I, there's no way that I know every single symptom that goes along with, any, with every single disease. But I will tell you, in my entire time that I have been diabetic, I have never once uttered those words and blamed it on my blood sugar being too high. My blood sugar being too high does not make me say words. It makes me want to sleep and die. It's called a coma. Um, uh, The only time that I've ever had anything that's gone weird has been when my sugar has been so low. And even then, even then, I was still coherent enough to know that there was something wrong. And it was like, hey, something's wrong. I just, I, 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 for all the diabetics out there, I am appalled and ashamed of him for even saying that and thinking that was okay. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, don't blame you know, it on that disease. It's the wrong disease, dude. You picked the wrong one. Go back to WebMD and pick the right one. And my heart aches even more for those young female athletes who were subjected to that hateful and disgusting tirade. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. once again, no place for it. I don't – you can't even defend that. And there were people who were online trying to defend that. And the thing is is that there are people like, well, maybe if it wasn't used in rap – tonight you will hear me probably say something that you probably have never heard me say before. But you know what? No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to allow that to do it. But here's the thing. By saying, well, it was the music, bull crap. If there were other things in music, which have been, you don't hear me going around saying it because I know it's not right. Just because it is, as our moms would say, if so-and-so jumped off the bridge, would you do it too? It's a weak-ass excuse to come and say, well, the reason I used that word was because it's in music. But even more weak is the fact that I know for a fact you don't even listen to that type of music. So to sit there and say that you use that word because it's in rap music, I want to see your music collection, and I guarantee that more than likely the songs that you're saying has that word is not in your collection. But I'll leave that there. Um because we've got other things to talk about this evening, but I'm sorry. That, that are way more fun. That are way more fun. But I just wanted to talk about that because it was trending, and it's been trending here over the last 24 hours. And now it's really starting to trend as more of this video comes out and the more of what he is saying and uh, covering of why he said what he said, which is please don't believe that one. I don't, and I can't even accept the apology for that one. Not going to happen. But we start 
week number one of our Tournament of Pain. If you've been following us, here's the thing. Our tournament and the way that this came up was one night we sat around and we're talking about tournaments. And I think one of the things that we said was, uh, you know, I, I think I said we should have a tournament of pain. And we came up with 32 things uh, that could be a normal pain, was not going to be a major disease or anything like that because that just wouldn't have been, one, it's not funny, two, uh, things such as COVID, cancer, that affects a lot of people. And these are things that pretty much very rarely could kill. <laughs> uh, we hope it doesn't. But mm-hmm. that we thought could happen to everybody. It ranks from a lot of different things. We will – I don't even know how we really want to start this. I guess we'll take this game by game because now I know as I'm looking at the clock, this is going to be an extended show tonight. So, um, But let's take a look at the upper half of our bracket, and this one was pretty tough. So the first game that we're taking a look at of is the 1 versus 32 because here's the thing. We're not breaking this into like 1 versus 8 in different brackets or anything. We just did 32, put it into an automated genera- uh, generator, and it spit it out exactly how it was. So there is a probability that a very high seed could beat a very low seed. It could happen. Uh, but in this one, the first game <laughs> that we had was Bug Bite versus Water Up the Nose. Uh, which one did – and I guess here the rules to this is simple. We will talk about each game, and then what we will do, is we'll make a decision. We will try to make an informed decision. Uh, I said in the beginning, each of us will have one save or one overpowered vote. So this is where you're going. But the overpowered vote cannot be used in the final four or in the championship game. Um. So the power of over, the overpower vote, or the two to one vote, as I call it, cannot be used in those rounds. It could be used any other time, leading up to that, but not then. Mm-hmm. The first one: bug bite versus water the nose. Which one did you have as being? And we're basing this on the worst. It's a turn of pain. That's why it's that. But which one? <laughs> okay. So for me, um, I chose water up the nose. Man, so right off the bat, we're going to disagree. Um, of course we are. Of course we are. <laughs> I will overall. That's not like the hardest ones. I've got, I've marked the ones that I had the hardest times with, and there were like four of them. But yeah, I, know. I, I thought up water the up the nose was a little bit more painful for bug, than bug bite. The only reason why I went with bug bite was because it was the number one seed. I did not want to see a 32 feet of one on this. But I know for a fact that last night my friend got water up the nose. And I know <laughs> <laughs> that that pain hurt. Um I went with bug bite because it's the more, I would say water up the nose. When I think water up the nose, I'm thinking you were in a swimming pool. You jumped in, you got a little water up your nose. It's going to be all right. It might sting a little bit. But a bug bite, depending upon the bug, could be really itchy, could even hurt a little bit. Um, 
I picked Bug Bite, but I am willing to concede, and I will give you water up the nose, and we will agree on water up the nose. So water up the nose. I was going to say, I could concede either way on this one. (laughs) No, no, no. I'll I'll go with you. Water up the nose, because I've I've had second thoughts about it. So I will give you that. So water up the nose, we'll move on uh, to the next round. And then in our next one, uh, we had a finger slam in the door versus a splinter. I will tell you, this one was pretty simple. I went with the finger slam in the door. <laughs> I did as well. We agreed on this. Um, and we'll go ahead and we'll agree. And then the next game, uh, plucking hair. Uh, <laughs> I said it was plucking hair from the head. The only reason why I said from the head, um, you'll see later on here. Uh, but plucking hair from the head versus chopper, uh, that's no brainer. I went with chopper. As did I. We <laughs> <laughs> move for green. For obvious uh, and then our next game, splatter, <laughs> a splatter of hot food. From a stove versus stepping on a Lego. Uh, okay, so this one, this one we're going to disagree on, I think. Uh oh, what did you go with? I went with splatter of food. Oh, I said stepping on a Lego. I I thought that would be Here's the, the thing, though. I think that I think that stepping on a Lego is a little bit more, but then. I, I ha- I have the whole I have the whole different like there's stepping on Lego hurts. Like it really does hurt, but that is usually when you step on the Lego it's an immediate step on Lego. Splattering a food sometimes you can't get to right away and you st- like it's a burn. So it was it was tough for me. I can be swayed either way though. And since you can see it on water up the nose, I can concede on a Lego. That would be a big upset because it would be a 25 over an 8. Um Right. This is a tough one. Uh, I Mm -hmm. will actually... That was the big one. I have a big circle around it. That was the toughest one I had. (laughs) (laughs) Because I thought splatter of hot... But that was the toughest one. Yeah, I was like, splatter of hot food, I mean, in hindsight, yes. Because, like, let's say if you were cooking, like, bacon while naked. Bacon. I said I've never done it. <laughs> yeah, that hot can hurt. Um, you know, yeah. and stepping in a Lego, a lot of people, time. when they jokingly talk about pain, they say, oh, you know, it's just like stepping on a Lego. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I kind of went with that one. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be tough. I, I will, I will be the nice person here. And I will say the splatter of the hot food will move on. Um, so we will keep it that way. <laughs> uh, so splatter of the hot food moves on. And then in our next series of games, we had a kidney stone versus getting waxed. That was the other tough one that I thought would be. I said a kidney stone because I personally have gone through a kidney stone, and that stuff hurts more so than getting waxed. I know. Uh, and I picked kidney and stone. And I went with kidney stone as well. Okay, so we I went with kidney stone as well. 
Yeah. And one uh, Roxy to me it does not hurt that much, but yeah. Yeah. No, mine's mine's hurt a little bit. Um and then uh, a shot to the boob or a pizza burn to the roof of the mouth. <laughs> Are you letting me go first because I have the boobs? <laughs> <laughs> I said nothing. I said <laughs> I love it. I went with the pizza burn. Okay. I did Again, too. I go back to the length of time that the hurt, it was the length of time of hurt. Like pizza burns tend to last longer than a shot to the boob. Although shot to boob, I'm just telling you, the bigger your boobs, the more area, surface area, so sometimes it's less, but yeah. Yeah. So it depends on the size of the boobs thing? Yes. Smaller boobs actually hurt more. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. I did go with pizza burn. So pizza so we go for Okay. Uh, and then the next one. This one I thought should be pretty easy. A paper cut in the knuckle versus biting your inner cheek. And I said a paper cut bar none is going to beat biting your inner cheek. I did as well. Okay. So we both agreed on that one. Uh, biting... Your tongue versus a hangnail. This was the first upset of the uh, tournament. I wanted the first upset to the tournament because I said a hangnail is worse than biting your tongue. As did I. Ah, <laughs> we agree. This is pretty. This is pretty There's interesting as we go along here. here. This is pretty. We haven't got toward the bottom half of this bracket. Hitting a funny bone. Yeah, the bottom versus... half of the woods was the worst one. Yeah. Hitting a funny bone versus static shock. I said hitting the funny bone. As did I. Okay. <laughs> Alcohol in a cut versus... I should have taken a picture of this and said to you first. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Alcohol in a cut versus dropping good food on the floor. I said alcohol in a cut. Alcohol. <laughs> okay. And then... The wrong food order versus a jam finger Which, said jam finger. Yeah. Wrong food order is, that is a pain, but it's not it's that pain. kind of pain. So I went with jam, uh, I went with the jam finger as well. I, I went with physical weeks. pain. Yeah, I, had the wrong, I had a wrong food order a couple of weeks ago uh, through a food service, and it pretty much, it, it hurt. Uh, bike pedal. To the shin versus a bee sting, and I said bike pedal to the shin. <laughs> As did I. Okay. I've had other people laugh about that this week, and they said, nope, definitely a bike pedal. Uh, stubbing your pinky toe versus a poke to the eye. I said pinky toe. This one was a hard one for me. <laughs> but, yes, I did say pinky toe as well. Ah. All right. Um uh, Scraping your knee versus acid reflux. And I said the knee scrape is probably the most painful one. Really? Yes. I thought you were Think about that. If you reflux, scrape your yes, knee, I went with me too. Yeah, so that skin coming up, oh, did you see like, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the last two games, uh, dropping something um, 
pretty much the way we described it. it was dropping something on your foot or a shot to the groin. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to pull uh, my guy card here, and I'm going with a shot to the groin. <laughs> and because I don't know what that feels like, I went with dropped on the foot. But, I, again, I, I'm going to have to concede to the guy card on this one. That would kind of be like the boob shot on that one. <laughs> and I'm not going to start. Concede, but, uh, yeah. If you have something smaller in your groin area, I won't go in. <laughs> and the final game uh, was a face plant versus twisting your ankle. Who did you have? I, I, this, one, this one I did a coin flip and I got face plant. And I have twisting an ankle. Um, but I was not I was not convinced that a face plant is actually worse. But I also have bumpers. So like my face doesn't plant too hard comparatively to somebody that doesn't have bumpers. Um, whereas I know twisted ankles can last ages. So I'm willing to concede in a twisted ankle. Alright. So that makes it through the first round. So that means next week we will have water up the nose versus a uh, finger slam in the door. We will have childbirth versus a splatter of hot food. A kidney stone versus a pizza burn. A paper cut versus a hangnail. Hitting your funny bone versus alcohol on a cut. A jam finger versus a bike pedal to the shin. Uh, pinky toe versus the knee scrape, and a shot to the groin versus a twisting ankle. Uh, which means we would only have two more Can rounds. You... Hmm? Go ahead. Keep going. We only have two well, more rounds. It means we only have two more rounds to use our two-to-one overpower veto, which could happen next week. <laughs> I'm thinking it might. Um but here's the thing. Have you noticed that the top half of the brackets, the top half of the body, and the bottom half of the brackets, the bottom half of the body? I don't know if that was planned that way, but uh, the generator pretty much <laughs> all out a particular way. But, yeah, so that's what it looks like. But uh, this is going to be pretty fun. That's week number one. I, I thought we would have a tougher time getting through uh, the – portions of this bracket, but I think we've kind of agreed on almost like a good chunk of them. And here's the beauty thing to this. Mary and I don't tell each other what we picked. Uh, we don't find uh-huh. out until pretty much showtime. Um, when we're talking to you. Uh, that's the one part, the beauty part of this is that we're not going to tell each other here over the next few weeks what our picks are. So next Friday night, we will have uh, the Sweet 16, and then two weeks from tonight we'll have our Elite Eight. And then uh, the first weekend in April we will have both our Final Four and our title game. So a little bit of something fun. Hopefully all of you guys are enjoying it as well. Uh, Really quick, uh, I know I was talking about the Grammy Award. Uh, The interesting thing with that, uh, in 1961 – It was, at that time, the third annual The album of, or the record of the year, (laughs) went to Percy Faith 
or his theme from a summer place. Album of the year. The only time that this really has ever happened went to Bob Newhart for his The Button Down Mind of Bob Newhart. Uh, he also was Best New Artist that year. And Song of the Year went to Ernest Gold for the theme of Exodus. Uh, also some interesting things that year. Uh, Ross Bagdasarian won for Best Album Created for Children for his Let's All Sing with the Chipmunks. <laughs> um <laughs> So it really was one of those interesting things. Marty Robbins for El Paso won for Best Country and Western Performance. They didn't have a pop back then. A lot of it was musical show and jazz and, you know, some pop. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald picked up a couple of awards for Mac the Knife. Ray Charles won for Georgia on My Mind for Best Vocal Performance. Uh, Edie Gourmet and Steve Lawrence won for a vocal group. Count Basie won an award that year, Henry Mancini. Uh, and like I said, Ray Charles won another major award for a pop single artist for Georgia on my mind. So uh, that was the six, uh, 1961 Grammy Awards, which was the third annual one. The 13th Grammy Awards uh, in 1971, this is going to make you uh, think, because Simon and Garfunkel won Record of the Year for Bridge Over Troubled Water. Do you want to know who else was up for an award that night for Record of the Year? Yes, because that's a good record. Category were the Carpenters for Close to You, Everything is Beautiful by Ray Stevens, Fire and Rain from James Taylor, and Let It Be by the Beatles. Wow. That's who it beat out that night. They also won Album of the Year for Bridge Over Troubled Water, beating out Chicago, The Carpenters, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Elton John, and James Taylor. It was also Song of the Year. Uh, best New Artist was The Carpenters, who beat Elton John, Melba Moore, and Murray and the Partridge family. <laughs> wow. And also that year, uh, the... Uh, they used to have, like, a uh, stuff for, like, best score for an original cast, uh, which was huge for pop. Dionne Warwick won for best contemporary vocal performance female. Uh, Paul Simon picked up contemporary song for Bridge Over Trouble Wild, which was a huge hit. Um, and then B.B. Uh, King's The Thrill is Gone, best R&B vocal performance. Not jazz. Dr. Martin Luther King, mm. Jr., Posthumously won Best Spoken Word Recording for Why I Opposed the War in Vietnam. At the 23rd Annual Grammy Awards, which were in 1981, it was an infamous night because Album of the Year, uh, Record and Song, all went to Christopher Cross for Sailing. He was the first artist in Grammy history to win all four General Field Awards in a single ceremony which is record, album, song, and best new artist. Uh, that year, the best comedy recording went to Rodney Dangerfield for No Respect. <laughs> <laughs> no respect. So, uh, Bette Midler won best pop vocal performance for the female for The Rose. 
Kenny Loggins won for male for This Is It. And in the R&B, uh, George Benson picked up a couple of major awards and for rock that year. Pat Benatar won Best Rock Vocal Performance for a Female. Billy Joel won for Glass Houses. Uh, so, yeah. And then at the 33rd Annual Grammy Awards in 1991, uh, do you remember who won that year? No. No, I don't. Record I don't of remember the year. yesterday, so we're remembering back way back when. Record of the year was Phil Collins' Another Day in Paradise. He beat out Vision of Love from Mariah Carey, You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer, From a Distance by <laughs> Bette Midler, Nothing Compares to You by uh, Sinead O'Connor. Best New Artist that year went to Mariah Carey. She beat out Lisa Stansfield to Black Crows, the Kentucky Headhunters, and Wilson Phillips. And yet I can only recognize three of those names. I don't even know how the Kentucky Headhunters. Who's that? Uh, yeah. Mariah Carey that won. Uh, like, what? Yeah. Um, Roy Orbison won for Pretty Woman for Best Pop Folk Performance for a Male. I think that was the redo that he did on that song. Um Mm-hmm. And the most interesting thing is Ray Charles won a best R&B performance that night, almost like 30 years to the day of winning at the 1961 Grammy Awards. And at the 43rd Annual Grammy Awards in 2001, record of the year was Beautiful Day by U2. Uh, it beat out Say My Name by Destiny's Child, I Try by Macy Gray, Music by Madonna, and Bye 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 by NSYNC. Uh, Steely Dan won Album of the Year. Song of the Year was Beautiful Day by U2. Best New Artist that year. And this is going to make a lot of people mad because you're going to wonder what the heck. Best New Artist was Shelby Lynn. She beat out Brad Paisley, Papa Roach, Jill Scott, and Cisco. <laughs> wow. Uh, Eminem won with the Real Slim Shady for Best Rap Solo Performance. Uh, best Rock. Uh, pick Cheryl- up that year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lenny Kravitz won for again, best male, best female was Sheryl Crow. Uh, Rage Against the Machine won best hard rock performance. And also at the 53rd Annual Grammy Awards, which was just 10 years ago, if you recall, the record of the year was Need You Now, at that time by Lady Antebellum. Uh, It beat out Eminem and Rihanna's Love the Way You Lie. Uh, F.U. by CeeLo Green, and Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Uh, Album of the Year was Arcade Fire's The Suburbs. Song of the Year, of course, was Need You Now. Best New Artist that year was Esperanza Spalding. She beat out Justin Bieber, Drake, Florence and the Machine, and Mumford and Sons. I'm glad she beat out Bieber. And uh, it was also... Yeah, it was also that 10 years ago that Lady Gaga won for Best Female Pop Vocal for Bad Romance. Bruno Mars won for Just The Way You Are. Train won for Hey Soul Sister. And, uh, yeah, that was the Grammy Awards back then. Um, Paul McCartney even picked up one that night. And, uh, yeah. So now that was the Grammy Awards. It's just it seems ten years ago it seems even uh now when you think about it. When you think about who's still in the game and who That was a decade, man. Yeah. That was music for you. But the Grammy Awards this Sunday night, 
Uh, that's something, though. 1961 was the third annual Grammy Awards, uh, where, like I said, Bob Newhart picking up uh, <laughs> Do you know who won Record of the Year at the first Grammy Awards? That would be Domenico Manduno, who won for Nel Blue, De Pinto de Blue, or Volare. He beat out Perry Como's Catch a Falling Star, Fever by Peggy Lee, The Chipmunk Song by David Seville and the Chipmunks, and Witchcraft by Frank Sinatra. How about that? <laughs> I, I'm still, like, flabbergasted and, and, and highly impressed by your French pronunciation there, sir. That Thank was you. way better than I could have done. Well, that comes, from a that, was, that, was impressive. that comes from a person who listens to a lot of uh, Dean Martin. If you've never heard, Volare. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tend to listen to the uh, Italian operas, so give me my Italian, and I'd probably do better. Actually, that first Grammy Awards, a lot of uh, standard classics and a lot of uh, – you know, here's the thing. The best rhythm and blues performance from the first Grammy Awards, the only song that won that night was the Champs' Tequila. As of tequila, that one. Yep. Yeah, the big winners of the night were Ella Fitzgerald, Count Basie, Domenico Manduno, Ross Bagdasarian, and Henry Mancini, who each won two awards. It was like the Chipmunk album seemed to run for like two or three years, which was like huge. But I'm shocked that Witchcraft or Fever did not win. I guess I'm glad the Chipmunk song did not win Record of the Year, but... Hey, I like the Chipmunk song. <laughs> Other than that, we would probably be sitting here talking about uh, the Chipmunk song being historically uh, significant <laughs> all these years later. <laughs> but I'm glad we did not. I'm glad it was Volare. I, I think so. Uh, yeah. But with that... My friend, the clock on the wall is telling us that we well, we're way past our time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> did you have any shout-outs this week? Uh, I, I I really don't. Well, sort of. Um, I don't know if it's a shout-out though. It's weird. Oh, uh, I'm coming up on I'm coming up on a year. Um, it's been on the fifteenth of this month was one year ago I shaved my head for St. Baldrick's for the charity. Um, although I didn't do it this year, I, you know, wanted to let the hair grow back just a little bit before I do it again. Um, the charity still needs people out there, so I am still championing that as well um, as the Trevor Project. Um, so if anybody's out there looking to spend their stimulus check for something other than TVs or and they don't necessarily need it for survival look up a couple of those good charities um there are people out there that do really need it otherwise reach out hug your neighbor hug your friends hug your you know hug your family um and uh big love to you know all my people that are going through a bunch of different weather stuff now um texas illinois uh, michigan (laughs) you know (laughs) all my love to you so other than that, no, I don't I don't necessarily have a shout out, but remember your fellow man at this point in time, especially with everything happening 
right now if you have the means to do so. I'm not saying do it if you don't have the means to do so. That's it. That's my PSA. There you go. That works. That works for me. Um, yeah, we will see you back here next Friday night, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time, 9 o'clock Central. Uh, or for those of you who did not set your clocks throughout the week, uh, we probably won't be on the air by the time you get here. <laughs> 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 clocks. Make sure to do that uh, Sunday morning, 2 a.m., and we will see you back here next week for another edition of Page One. By the way, before I forget, happy birthday to my sister. Her birthday is tomorrow. Happy uh, birthday! March over here. Are you and, um Yeah, and to all of you who are having birthdays, oh, and I know next week is St. Patrick's. If you go out, if you absolutely must go out this weekend, for the love of Pete, please continue to wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands, do the necessary things that it will take us to get to where we can all pretty much be back together again. But take care of yourself in the meantime, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week here on page one. Good night, everybody. One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.